Hey guys, welcome back to Defining Truth Podcast. Today is episode 15? One five. 15, it's a good number, always has been. It's right after 14, just before 16. Uh, good to have you guys back. If you're listening, welcome. Subscribe, please. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and watch us in person if you want to see our face on YouTube. Please subscribe. It's a great way to show your support. Of course, we always need the financial support. We are a nonprofit bent on articulating the Christian Judaic worldview in a dark world. If you believe in that mission and you like our contact, please consider supporting us um, for a monthly type of deal. Price of a cup of coffee could go a long way helping us produce content, get out there, research, show up at events, etc. Um, of course, subscribing helps as well because it's a digital version of saying, hey, we like your stuff and, and it free. really helps us and it's free to do. It takes like two seconds. So if you're watching us, go down to that little thumbs up or subscribe icon on whatever platform and join the team at Defining Truth. And uh, we just launched a new page for our website, definingtruth.org. That's www.definingtruth.org. Super cool. We have an awesome team designing uh, that site and uh, giving us a new look. Check it out. Go on there. You can sign up to get alerts. Always stay up to date on what's going on around the world from a Christian Judaic perspective. Definingtruth.org. Check it out. Go sign up, uh, send us your email, and we'll keep you informed. Brandon Jones, what do we have on the docket today? Josiah Neal, today. The uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland is uh, appointing mm. a special counselor in the Hunter Biden probe. And then we're going to talk about the Marietta Valley Unified School District, who is now the second school district in the United States, both here in Southern California, yes. uh, to pass a uh, policy that's going to notify parents if their child identifies as transgender and we have an interesting clip of an individual who was transgender and has now detransitioned that spoke at that school board meeting yes yes um and just a quick overview too um i want to start doing this a quick geopolitical overview there's some things that happen in the news that we're not necessarily going to talk about today in in detail we can in the future please let us know in the comments if you're on youtube or anywhere else if you want to hear us discuss a certain topic or event, let us know. We spent a lot of time deep diving, uh, researching, and then talking about stuff. A couple things that happened um, that are not being discussed. One that uh, I thought was important, uh, Russia is meeting right now over concerns of Poland possibly up, upping their effort in the war over there. Of course, they would take this as a direct threat from NATO, which they're constantly concerned about. A lot of their geopolitical strategy is based off of what their perceived threat from NATO is, probably rightly so. Um, very, very interesting. We'll be following that. Also, a uh, assassination of a Ecuadorian presidential candidate this week. Many of you may have seen that video. Pretty intense. Um, lots going on down there. As some of you may know, I used to live down there. And... Um, they go through a lot of presidents. Well, you were shot in Ecuador, right? Or was I was. <laughs> I was. No, I was in Ecuador. I was 14. I was shot in the leg. I was in the wrong place at the wrong time during some leftist riots, some folks coming down from southern Colombia, which shares a border with Ecuador, and I got shot in the shin, but I was fine. They pulled it out. Talk about that some other time. Um, why that's important, we were kind of discussing offline before the show that what happens in South America eventually affects the United States, right? So keep a close eye on them and Brazil, which is going through major upheaval, uh, unfortunately taking a turn toward the dictatorial leftist mindset. We'll be keeping an eye on that as well. And more importantly, how decisions down there affect the United States. After all, they are our neighbors and our back door. For those of you who live in border states, you're already familiar with how important things are that happen down south given that the world's most dangerous narco cartels are fully operational and active and their activity frequently crosses over into the United States, of course, by way of narcotics, which is by design, but also violence, human trafficking, which the left doesn't want you to know about and much more. So we'll be keeping an eye on those things globally. Again, if you have any specific requests on stories going on, we, we try to cover it. There's a lot going on in the world. Today, we're bringing it home, as Brandon pointed out. 
Let's talk about Merrick Garland appointing special counsel David Weiss. Brandon, do you know who David Weiss is? <laughs> just from the, re- I mean, just from the research yeah. that we've done, he's, that's what uh, that's what I wanted to. I figured, like, I, I had to do a bunch of reading and, and remember who this guy was. Um, and I'm sure many, maybe that's a good thing, though. Yeah, many people listening are probably like, "Why do I care about David Weiss or what this guy Garfland is doing?" So Merrick Garland, for those listening, is the Attorney General of the United States. And he recently appointed a special counsel, David Weiss, to investigate Hunter Biden. Now, to be clear, David Weiss was already investigating Hunter Biden in Delaware. He was the attorney on the case. Uh, There was previous discussion about him being appointed special counsel status and it didn't happen. And then, according to CNN, as of a few days ago, he asked to be given that special counsel status. There's a bunch of opinions out there on why, but bottom line for why you should care, Republicans on the Hill are furious. They're very upset about this person being appointed special counsel, and they have some good reason to. So for one, we'll start with the guy that appointed him, Attorney General, which we absolutely do not trust for a variety of reasons. Merrick Garland has been repeatedly accused by Republicans of corruption, backdoor dealings, especially when it comes to the Bidens. Uh, McCarthy himself recently commented about Garland during considerations to impeach the embattled attorney general. And he said, and I quote, this is McCarthy. When a prosecutor shields his boss's son from investigators, it smells like a cover-up. Garland's DOJ did not aggressively follow the money. Why? Good question. Are they afraid of where that trail ends? McCarthy continued in closing, clearly someone is not telling the truth and Congress has a duty to get answers. All right, so we already don't trust Garland and because of what he's done or rather what he has not done regarding very serious allegations of the Bidens being in bed with America's enemies. Lots of evidence for that from the laptop to eyewitness testimonies to whistleblowers coming forward from the IRS about um, the investigation itself. You know, we hear a lot in the comments online, you know, where's the proof? conservatives are just making stuff up and it's like, well, how much proof do you need? Right. Story after story, uh, witness after witness, the laptop, probably the most condemning aspect of this story, which as you recall, the left tried really hard to keep quiet. They tried to cover that up. Right. And, uh, just as a reminder for those listening, this is Hunter Biden, right. In some meth induced incident leaves his laptop, at a computer repair shop in New Jersey. The guy finds it, opens it up, realizes that it has all this national you know, security-sensitive information on it, conversations between foreigners and uh, foreign governments and the president's son alluding to the president, all this stuff. Um, pretty legit. Uh, pretty bad for Hunter's case. And when it came out, the mainstream media tried to suppress it as, quote, misinformation. They didn't want you to know. They didn't want you to see it. Oh, and they had all these people. Remember all that? Was it 52 intelligence experts? We did a whole segment on this called Treason in the House. I encourage you to go look it up on YouTube where we covered the laptop story and what exactly the laptop contained. But basically, the left lost their mind. And they tried to tell everyone that you shouldn't see it. And famously, of course, now Twitter got in trouble and Brandon, you remember that story? What exactly did they get in trouble for? It was uh, well, they they removed it. Somebody, somebody, the New York Times, right. actually, of all of all places, right, uh, broke the story. And there's now we know through yes. uh, Twitter back channels that since Elon's taken over, um, that the Biden administration had asked officials at Twitter to to basically block it to shadow ban it. So That's insane. Yeah, yeah, the Twitter files. So so Twitter basically stopped people from seeing this story. Because they didn't want American citizens to know about this guy who was probably going to be the next president by their design. Which means it's the truth because if it's absolutely if it's not truthful, why yeah. would you hide it? Election interference much yeah. there, Twitter? Yeah. So they got in trouble for that. They blocked the story. And of course, now they've had to issue apologies because everything on the laptop or about it was true. Well, I it think the whole true. reason that Elon ended up buying Twitter is, is over this incident. I think that was the final straw for him. You know what's really crazy, though? Just like uh, we pointed out in that previous segment, Treason in the House, go watch it. We pointed out that even today, even now, this is years after the laptop story's been corroborated. We know everything's true. All the allegations that were mentioned referencing the laptop, laptop were true. Even now, if you Google that story, 
Google is still throwing up search results on the first page from 2020, blaming Trump and saying that it was a lie and they haven't taken it down. Talk about misinformation. What it really is is an information warfare campaign. The left gets together with their confirmation bias and says, we're going to put out what we only want people to see and nothing else. And they worked in collusion. The federal government with Twitter in this case uh, worked to keep the American people in the dark. All right. So it's just a little background. Garland is not too popular. We're, we're giving you some background on why we don't trust him. And uh, basically people are mad at him for concealing evidence of longstanding corruption in the Biden family most of which involves America's adversaries. Specifically, that Democrats knew about this prior to the 2020 elections. That's the worst part. And made an extreme effort in collusion with members of the media, like in Twitter's case and social media platforms, to keep Biden's corruption a secret from the people of the United States until after he was president. According to AP News, I'm going to read this quote, Republicans believed it was clear that the prosecutors didn't want to touch anything that would include Hunter Biden's father. In one instance, the IRS whistleblower, Shapley, that's the guy's last name, testified that in a meeting with Weiss, this is the guy who's now you know, wanting to make the special counsel, so he was there, Weiss, and the assistant U.S. attorney, Leslie Wolf, after the 2020 election, he and other agents there in this meeting wanted to discuss an email between Hunter Biden associates where one person references the big guy which we now know has been proven to be joe biden obviously and shapely said wolf the then assistant u.s attorney refused to do so they didn't want to talk about it and quoted her saying she did not want to ask questions about dad so again this is what republicans have repeatedly accused garland and others in dc um, of essentially guiding this quote-unquote investigation which is just a sham Also worth noting that this guy who now wants to be special counsel, David Weiss, uh, just offered him a sweetheart plea deal, which basically just blew off the entire investigation and offered him some misdemeanor charges with no jail time. What this really has to do with is very little, I should say, about misdemeanor tax charges. Those are just keys to the castle. Now, anybody who's in law enforcement or familiar, they'll know what I mean by that term, keys to the castle. Or I guess if you're a lawyer, right? Are you familiar with that, keys to the castle? Yeah. So the concept is, you know, there are ways to access, like uh, we can put it in physical terms, like a house, right? You need, there's the Fourth Amendment, we need a warrant to get into a house. There are certain keys to the castle, which essentially allow you access to further continue your investigation, right? Well, yeah, like, you can find anything in the story. Like exigent circumstances, you know, immediate threat to life or danger. There's, there's different things, right? Probable cause is the standard. So what, what oftentimes uh, looks like a tax investigation is usually keys to the castle. This is very, very important to grasp. The, uh, grasp the importance of the IRS being involved. They don't do small fry misdemeanor investigations. Now, to remind everyone, you know, I spent a long time in law enforcement, part of which I was a special agent. I, I worked a lot of federal investigations. Uh, oftentimes, we would compile our teams at the beginning of the investigation. You take it to the U.S. Attorney's Office. You you do a case brief. You present them and say, "Here, here's what I got. U.S. Attorney is like, yes, we'll prosecute. No, we won't. And a, a little team forms. And usually, you build your team based on who you need. So often, when we would ask for the IRS to have one of their agents join, it was because there was an angle that we needed money and investigated, right? But it almost virtually every single time is only a part of a larger investigation. And oftentimes it represented keys to the castle, meaning maybe we can't get at this person by any other way. We know they're doing something wrong, but they've been very careful. Maybe they're a mobster, organized criminal, cartel, something like that. And maybe their slip up is going to be in the trail, right? Al Capone, right? Uh, exactly. I'm actually going to bring that up. So investigations always begin with allegations or suspicions. They're investigated to uncover the truth about a situation. It's long been understood that one of the best ways to uncover illicit activity is to, quote, follow the money, right? Why? Because anything that leaves trace, also known as evidence, can be used to reveal the truth about someone or their activity. It's very common 
for the IRS to be involved in much larger scale investigations to uncover the truth about a situation. It has long been understood that one of the best ways to uncover illicit activity is to follow the money. Sometimes bad guys are good at covering up their bad behavior. But there's always a money trail. So you'll have an IRS agent attached to like a team or a task force, and it's oftentimes the money trail that eventually leads to getting your bad guy in the larger crimes. This, this is what happened to Al Capone, right? You, you mentioned Al Capone. Perfect example. In the 1920s, Al Capone was making a reported $60 million a year. In the 1920s. That's a lot of money. And it was all from illicit gangster activity, right? Bribery, extortion, theft, robbery, all brutally enforced by murder. He was famously credited for, you know, some of you follow mob, mob history, the Valentine's Day massacre in Chicago. Chicago in general, bodies continued to pile up every week while he made millions of dollars as a gangster. But eventually it caught up with him. And it wasn't the FBI or the local marshals or the cops that brought him down. It was the IRS. Didn't pay his taxes. <laughs> he was, it's because he was making mass amounts of money he was bringing in. The IRS was able to finally nail down some probable cause. And he was arrested on 22 counts, federal counts, of tax evasion. And that was pretty much the end of Al Capone, a.k.a. Scarface. You know, he got a scar on his face during a, a bar brawl where he was working as a bouncer. He eventually um, would die. He was sentenced to 11 years in jail, during which time his syphilis got the best of him, which led to a mental illness, and he died at the age of 48. Uh, the physician attending to him at time of death said that his mental capacity when he died was that of a 12-year-old. Sad story, sad ending to a sad life. But here's the point, okay? The IRS investigating the Biden family for the last five years, five years, it's just the beginning and it's only one part of an overarching investigation which has showed evidence of large-scale corruption and treason at all levels of this family. During the, quote, tax investigation, think about some stuff we've already seen, right? We've seen evidence come forth concerning bribery, that's foreign entities, having to pay the Bidens for influence, deep involvement with the Chinese Communist Party-controlled companies, like to the tune of recent you know, text messages that came out uh, that were nationally publicized where hunters receiving messages from the Chinese Communist guy saying, okay, $5 million for me and $5 million for my dad. And he tells him in the text message, my dad is sitting right here next to me in the room. That, that sounds like a lot more than a misdemeanor. Tax evasion. Right? How, how stupid can you be to, to put that in words? I mean, you'd think they would be smarter. Well, arrogance. They don't think they're going to get caught. Yeah. People, And this happens with people in power, right? They, their britches get too big. Um, they, they think that they're untouchable because of their positions. They get comfortable. I'm sure that's what Al Capone thought, making $60 million in the 1920s. So... We see all this evidence coming forth amidst the tax thing, right? So again, to, to, to keep it focused on the context, we're, we're talking about why we're upset that Merrick Garland is appointing David Weiss as special counsel. Well, maybe it's because all of this stuff is coming out and he tried to cut him this sweet plea deal where he walked away on a tax charge misdemeanor with no jail time. The ongoing efforts by Democrats to block, reduce, and soften the severity of and more of the investigation into the, into the Biden family is nothing short of one of the biggest cover-ups in U.S. history. I don't think that we truly even understand the depth that the Chinese Communist Party and others are involved in our U.S. political system. And, and a lot of this has come to light because of Hunter's drug-fueled activity. So if you're reading the news about this guy, David Weiss, being appointed special counsel, and you want to know why Americans are upset about it, you know, please understand this is the same guy who tried to get Hunter Biden the sweetheart plea deal that would have essentially let him off scot-free, zero jail time, all the while acknowledging, okay, he acknowledged that Biden received millions of dollars in illicit money from Americans' enemies. And they knew about this before Biden was elected. Not a good guy to have running the special counsel investigation. Uh, I believe we have a clip of CNN. CNN people, listen, CNN's Jake Tapper talking about David Weiss's appointment.
But here, here's another one for mm -hmm. you. Okay, so I'm David Weiss, once again, uh, play, play this game with me. I'm the special counsel. Just a few weeks ago, I was ready to say, eh, a diversion and a slap on the wrist, a misdemeanor. Really, really it was not a big punishment. Uh, and now I want special counsel authority to investigate something that just a few weeks ago, I was basically saying, this is the most I can prove in a court of law. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me either. I, by the way, I'm fully willing to believe that there's a lot more to investigate mm -hmm. and a lot more to charge him with. I mean, if Jake Tapper on CNN is saying it, you know, I mean, no, but in all seriousness, like when even CNN, which oftentimes, you know, is uh, coming to the defense of the socialist agenda, even CNN is saying, hey, there's something wrong here. Probably worth paying attention to. So we'll see what happens with that. We'll continue to cover it. Yet another page in the saga of the Biden crime family. Mounting evidence continues to show that they're involved with America's enemies, and uh, we have yet to see anything done about it. We'll see. That's about it we have on uh, the Merrick Garland decision. We're going to move into something a little closer to home now. Really close. <laughs> really close to home right here where we're at in the Southern California area. And here's the question we have for everyone listening or viewing. Do parents have the right to know what's happening with their kids? Simple question. And, and you can apply that anywhere, right? But let's just start with a very basic yes or no. Do parents have the right to know about what's happening with their own children? Or have we reached a point in society where the government fully controls your kids and parents are relevant? You don't have anything to say about it. That's what's up for grabs right now in the culture war. What began as a small movement in Chino Valley, California, has grown into a full-blown national battle for parental rights. Chino Valley Board of Education President Sonia Shaw and others have fought courageously to protect our children and successfully passed a very simple school policy that requires schools to, here it is, notify parents if underage children are involved with or identifying as a different gender or wanting to use the other gender's bathroom, etc., because obviously there's only two genders. That's it. It's that simple. Do you want to know what your kids are being subjected to at school? Period. So now this war has begun because apparently we've uh, touched on a sensitive topic. How dare you want to know what your kids are learning or doing at school when you send them off every day? How dare you? Who do you think you are, an American? The government and the teachers unions, and I let me clarify, the Democrats and the teachers unions want full control over your children, what they hear, and what they do. And anytime a parent tries to interfere or even inquire as to what's going on there, they're immediately radicalized and labeled domestic terrorists, as we've seen at the federal level. The irony is that while they tout how private the issue of you know LGBTQ plus identity is, public schools have come under extreme question in recent years of running communist-like indoctrination programs on little children specifically with the intent to over-sexualize them and expose them to pornographic material, as we've covered. So much evidence for that, it's ridiculous. And adult sexual activity like transgender strip shows for elementary school kids, as we've covered before. Hundreds of thousands of dollars spent over-sexualizing children in schools all across America. A lot of that money, by the way, I'd encourage you to watch Candace Owens' special on BLM, a lot, hundreds of thousands of dollars was funneled through BLM donations to transgender strip shows for little kids. That is intense. And another story. So now the Democrats are mad that parents are rising up and challenging these schools because here's what's really at the center of it. They don't want to be exposed. They're furious that you would even dare ask about your own children how dare you want to be vested in raising your child? How dare you ask or want to know about what they're learning in school? So 
Democrats have effectively lost their minds, as per usual. And they've launched a series of unhinged attacks about safety and privacy and untold number of ridiculous and unfounded claims concerning conservative efforts to protect our children. Yet again, they are the side, they are on the side of sexually exposing children and are very upset about those trying to keep parents informed. So, you know, we, we recently spoke with the president of the board there, Sonia Shaw, about what she's going through. Just to clarify, locally elected people making decisions for their local school district, right? This is America. It has nothing to do with Sacramento or the big government. This local decision goes through. And the state superintendent of public, what's the I stand for in that acronym? Public instruction. Instruction. A meaningless title for yet another brainless Democrat. Tony Thurman shows up at the school board meeting in Chino. He's basically Newsom's lackey. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing here? And, you know, this is yet, uh, it's just typical of what we've seen. We saw this in Temecula Valley Unified as well. This intimidation, this threat from big government against these locally elected people. Listen, whether you like it or not, the people have spoken. The, those board members are elected by the people locally there in Chino Valley. And big government, socialist tactics, they show up and they're intimidating. You can't do this. Who do you think you are? Tony Thurman actually ends up getting removed from that meeting. That's all public. You can see it. And now we read that Attorney General Rob Bonta is launching an investigation. He subpoenaed the school board, wants all kinds of documents, and he's going to investigate anti-discrimination laws. I mean, here's what it really is. This is yet another example of lawfare, lawfare. The Democrats do this all the time. They're using legal means to persecute and punish their political opponents. It's nothing short of terrorism. I mean, according to PC 422, I'm pretty sure a lot of their tactics fit into that penal code description, which is terrorizing someone by a variety of means. You cannot do that in America. And yet Sacramento under Gavin Newsom, has repeatedly gone after churches and conservative schools and anybody else that dares to stand in their way, or I should say in the way of their agenda, specifically of sexualizing underage kids. It's sick. It's absolutely detestable. Since the Chino School District, the state superintendent of public instruction, Tony Thurman, he showed up at the Chino Valley meeting to protest, then was removed. Then the California State Attorney General, Rob Bonta, launched an investigation into the little California town for what he's calling anti-discrimination laws. By the way, there's, there's no such legal precedent. There's no law that says a local school board cannot make a policy that says parents should be informed. Of, of course they can. A completely unfounded claim by Rob Bonta that will most likely go nowhere, but intimidating to local Americans nonetheless. The painfully arrogant and hypocritical assault from Bonta is highlighted, and he stated this, AP News. Bonta said, transgender identity is an excruciatingly private and intimate detail about one's self and is thus protected by the right to privacy. Let me, let me just break that down. Yeah, children have no right to privacy. This coming, <laughs> Not from their parents. <laughs> and this coming from the group of people that blast the militant LGBT agenda in schools on a daily basis excruciatingly private and intimate detail? You mean with your over-sexualized pornographic books or your parades or the secret clubs? They're, they're indoctrinating. It's a full-scale propaganda war on Americans' children, and yet when challenged that the parents would like to know, it's, it's private. It's, it's an intimate detail. Don't ask us what we're doing. Don't look behind the curtain. Without any specific allegations or explanation whatsoever provided to the Chino School Board, Bonta's launched this investigation, serves them a copy of a subpoena via email, because apparently he, can, he has the right to do that, is what his attorneys are saying. And they want all these documents related to the decision process uh, as to why this parental notification was, uh, policy was implemented. So they're using the power of big government, the power of U.S. taxpaying dollars in the state of California to try and crush these local citizens who stood up to protect children. Yet again, yet again, the Democrats are attacking young children and conservatives are trying to protect them. So let's get this straight. 
The government says that parents have no right to be involved with the, quote, excruciatingly private, intimate detail of their own underage children. If that's not a classic example of socialist-style big government, I don't know what is. I, 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 it's unbelievable. Now, in another city, because now cities are following suit, in Marietta, California, another district has followed now. Just yesterday, Marietta Valley Unified School District voted to adopt the same parental notification policy requiring government schools to, at a minimum, inform the parents if their children are entertaining these life-altering ideas. Um, this was very interesting. Last night, this went down. Of note, um, now famous Chloe Cole, the teen who was transgendered at the young age of 13, had her breasts removed, is now an outspoken advocate for protecting children from these atrocious procedures and lifestyle. Uh, she recently testified on Capitol Hill regarding the dangerous ideology being pushed on children. Chloe Cole has been showing up all over the country to support conservatives in their fight to protect children now. She was at the Marietta board meeting last night and had a chance to speak. I think we have that clip, right? Yep. Listen to Chloe Cole, now detransitioned teen, on the dangers of this leftist ideology. And I used to identify as a transgender boy between the ages of 12 to 16. I'm 19 years old now, but all of my teenage years and the entire trajectory of my life has been altered by delusional ideas that were pushed on me from a young age. The reality is, sex cannot be changed. That's an immutable characteristic. We are born as one of either two sexes, but regardless of gender, there's an infinite amount of personalities. My, my misunderstanding when I was a boy could have just been a harmless part of my experience growing up into a woman. Instead though, it was weaponized by doctors to push a political agenda for monetary gain and a boost in their career. My healthcare provider brags about performing the most mastectomies on healthy teenagers in our state. Because of me, when you search Kaiser Gender Clinic into Google, my story is the first result. I began on puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones at 13, underwent surgery at 15, and I still face complications to this day. In fact, right now, I'm wearing bandages to cover the weeping bloody wounds that are left in my areolas. My parents were only presented two options by the doctors. Either they transitioned their child or blood would be on their hands. I spoke with my dad the other day and he said that if he came across a story like this before I medically transitioned, he wouldn't have allowed me to go through any of this. Parents deserve to know if their child is adopting a trans identity at school because transition is not harmless. Man, talk about a powerful testimony that's exactly the truth that the left doesn't want people hearing why because their militant mission to sexualize children serves their political agenda make no mistake a crucial a crucial structure a foundational structure of the united states and western civilization is the core family children that grow up into contributing citizens. When you want to push a Marxist, a progressive Marxist agenda on the United States, it is key for you to attack one of those important pillars of the American Republic, one of which is our families. This agenda to over-sexualize kids is sick. It's getting worse. And you've heard it right there from 19-year-old detransgist Trans transitioned teen Chloe Cole uh, how devastating it is to her life how she continues to this day to suffer we've covered this before with the the other um, the guy from England Ollie who, London Ollie London who transitioned and it was immediately turned on by his leftist compatriots yeah they're just going to call them transphobes now very very sad she wrote Chloe Cole on Twitter today wrote it's exciting to see parts of California waking up Chino Hills and Marietta schools are leading the way. Absolutely amazing. I thought it was interesting how, to the point of the school board meeting, she said, had her dad known the physical pain and suffering and damage that this would have done to her for the rest of her life, he would have never let her go, go through with this and have those surgeries. And here you have Democrats and quote-unquote teachers in the union that are 
viciously fighting to stop parents from knowing what's happening with their kids. It's sick. It's dark. It's spiritually dark. There's more than meets the eye with this issue. Um, man, I don't even know what to say about it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. We've covered uh, Temecula Valley as well, who is recently, uh, you know, in a full-blown battle with Governor Newsom here in California over Democrats' insistence on including the sexual predator and pedophile Harvey Milk in their elementary school curriculum. I mean, it's just one thing after another. And just ask yourself this if you're listening. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat or whatever. But ask yourself, why is the left targeting children so much? What do they want? I, 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 I know why, but I'm saying if, if you're a detractor, you know, ask yourself these, these good questions. Why does the left not want you to see a movie about child sex trafficking like Sound of Freedom? Why? Why would the left not want parents to know about their kids going through these life-altering, damaging surgeries or procedures or the beginning of it? Why? And especially here at Defining Truth, obviously, we want to bring the Christian Judaic perspective. Why, as Christians, why, as believers in churches across this country, are you not more involved in what's going on around you right now? Are you not called to be watchmen? Are you not called to speak truth and be a light in the darkness? You see, you've been lied to. These are not political issues. They're moral issues. These aren't the world's issues or the government's. They're God's. One of the greatest commandments is to love your neighbor, and what better way to love your neighbor than to be involved in the freedom-loving republic that God allowed you to be born in. All of this stuff, it's on your head. You choose who your leaders are. You choose when people are elected and what they then go forth and do and what laws they implement, either by participation or lack thereof, either way. Where you lack to step in and get involved is just a vote in the negative. And believe me, the enemy is active. Whew, these topics are heated. They make me upset just covering. It's very sad to listen to Chloe Cole talk about that. Yeah, anybody in this country who doesn't see that we're, we're at a war for, for our culture is just neither not paying attention or, or being negligent. This is getting out of hand. Both of these stories uh, have to do with, uh, you know, fighting for to keep our great nation, and people just, I don't know. Well, let's 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 bring it home. You know, personally, let me ask you, Brandon. So, you you know, you're recently a, a new dad. How how does this change? You know, from when you're in college and you know you hear these stories and stuff. How much? you know, has this changed your perspective? How important is this now to you as you look at your own son? You know, how, how does that affect you the way you look at when the government says, you know, just let us have your kids. I don't think you should be in the know. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I've always been kind of aware of what's happening in the culture. And, uh, you know, you definitely see that on a college campus. Uh, you have a bunch of people who, you know, they just kind of want their freedom and they want to do whatever they want. And, you know, for many of us, it was the first time that, you know, you didn't have to check in with mom and dad when you were coming home, whatever. But, you know, then you then you kind of get out of that and it's time to be like a big boy or a big girl and put your your big boy or big girl pants on and get a job and start a family, you know, and then you bring this little baby into the world and everything's great. And then you're like walking out of the hospital and it's like you're reading on the, the healthcare app. You know, you, you have the right to schedule an appointment for your child until they're 12 years old. And it's like, what? Unbelievable. Like at 12 years old, your kid can barely put their shirt on the right way. And you want them, like, they have to give me permission. Like, I own that child until they are 18. You're responsible for them legally, financially, morally. You're, you're going to be responsible for them until the day you die. It's like, it's just, it's really tough right now because I, th I think that, unfortunately, my wife and I are on, you know, the few people our age who... Um, you know, or God-fearing Christians, conservative, everybody else that we know is kind of like, yeah, yeah, just love everybody. Well, loving everybody is not actually loving. No. Uh, we've talked about that all the time, right? And and you talked about uh, um, loving your neighbor. Well, loving your neighbor is also being truthful to your neighbor. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not being truthful to your neighbor, then you're not loving them. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's tough. Uh, 
it's tough to be a parent right now. I don't want to discourage anybody from being, bringing life into this world because it's been the best 10 months of our lives. I but know. this is a good example of why you have to care. Yeah. Right? It's like I was on a Street Gospel Podcast last week, episode 72. Check that out if you haven't seen it. It was very interesting. I was on there with Dave. And at one point, I remember we were talking about, well, what can we do? And it's like, you know, sometimes you got to ante up and kick in. Yeah. And, and what do I mean specifically for, you know, for dads out there? I see a lot of moms fighting, active. There's such and, weak men And I'm like, our, where are the culture? men? Where, where are the men fighting for, for our children? You know, like, where are our warriors? You, you need to be showing up and doing something. So at, at a minimum, you know, I wouldn't discourage you. Having a family is the best possible thing you could, you could ever do in your lifetime. It is amazing. That's a really big problem in our culture today is they're just everywhere you look, there's weak men. It's like, yeah, my feelings. It's like, yeah, I well, know. at the end of the day, your feelings don't really matter because we're talking about like morality. Well, what they're trying to do is, you know, it's the cult of self-worship, right? The left likes to attack conservatives and, you know, talk about separation of church and state and this and that. But the politics for the left Which was never the intent. No, absolutely not. Politics for the left is their religion and the religion is the worship of self that that sort of self-approval, that do whatever you want, but it always accomplishes the same goal. You notice that for a lot of weak men today, culturally are being told, go do whatever you want. They push abortion to mitigate the responsibility of having a family, and they, they keep men little boys for yep. as long as possible. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's the dumbing down to keep society dependent on the government because that's how you control people yeah, you don't need to get a job you don't need to move out of mom and dad's house you don't need to you know marry your girlfriend and then you have important issues like this that quote-unquote sneak up on people because no one's paying attention the church is yeah. sleeping in the light uh young men are not growing up they're staying at home well into their 30s i mean it's like and then these important issues come down where the government's launching this full-scale attack on our children nationally that's having a massive effect on our culture and men are nowhere to be found or, or people are suddenly waking up going, Oh, I didn't see it coming. Well, that's why you got to grow up. Yeah. You need to move with purpose and intent. You need to wake up and go about your day with purpose and meaning and be aware of what's around you. Count what you have and value it. Appreciate what you have. Now peace is not known to stick around forever. Historically speaking, Right. No. You only have it if you can keep it. I, I, um, you know, I love history. I'm a big fan of history. And just, just reading throughout the centuries that the struggles Western civilization has been through and the great things that people did, I often ask myself, would this generation rise to the occasion? You know, would, would our 19- and 20-year-olds today be able to storm the beaches of Normandy or defend the wall the, 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 that particular day at Gettysburg? You know, the, what, what we've been through to fight for righteousness in this country is, is, is unbelievable. We see God's hand of providence throughout our history. We see blessing upon our country as we have continually turned back to him. But, you know, we're reaching this, this breaking point where, by and large, the only people that would be able to defend the country have surrendered to those who do care. As we often said, right, if you don't care about politics, you've surrendered to those who do. And that seems to be what the church has done, asleep in the light. Keith Green's got a great song about that. You should go listen to it. But, but the bottom line is some, it's, it's time to wake up. So I don't care. May, you know what? Maybe you haven't been that clued in to politics or things going on in the world up until this point. Maybe you haven't cared much. Which if after COVID you're not clued in, then I'm, I know <laughs> you might just be lost. But it's never too late. <laughs> yeah, get, get up and do it now. Show up. Run for something. Be, go to your school board meeting. I think the next uh, publicly announced school board meeting for Temecula Valley Unified is August 22nd. There you go. If you're listening to us, August 22nd, it's public info. Show up to the meeting. Yeah, pay attention to what your kids are bringing home. You know their homework. Check their homework with them. See what they're doing. See what they're learning. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't know that there's any greater cause than protecting our children, right? No, absolutely I mean, there's not. a lot going on in the world that we should be focused on. I mean, ironically, you have the state attorney general and the governor of the fifth largest economy in the world harassing locally elected school board yeah, officials. When is the last time that a superintendent of public instruction for a state 
has come to a local especially as large as california yeah the fifth largest economy in the world i mean it's not like this guy like picks a school board meeting to go to every week or the attorney general i mean like like we don't have one of the nation's largest narcotics corridors and human trafficking issues at the southern border like we don't lead the nation in fentanyl overdoses Yeah, where's rob bonta with all the kids that are being trafficked through our southern border here at san ysidro yeah, or how about your cities turning into cesspools like San Francisco losing businesses by the day? I mean, it's the 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 state is decrepit and you know they put on this, you know, he goes around like Newsom goes around the country cuz obviously he wants to run for president someday talking about how wonderful the golden state is and he shows you highlight reels of like, you know, these rich, wealthy uh, Malibu residents yeah, or people in his he's not showing you Oakland. He's not showing you, uh, the gang activity in South central. He's not showing you LA. He's not showing you downtown San Diego, which San Diego used to be one of the most beautiful cities in it's the state. Disgusting. And now it's, it's, it's horrifying. You got people sleeping under tables at outdoor cafes, needles on the streets. I mean, it, it, look, the problem with the left is they don't have a correct worldview. They don't know God. They don't know truth. They don't know how to help people. They throw money at problems that are moral. They're not financial. You got people living out on the street. Most of our transient population is out there because of two things. They're either suffering from mental illness or they're using drugs by choice. Most of them, I would say, in my experience as a law enforcement official, uh, most of the people I encountered out on the street did not want our help and were out there by choice. Absolutely. Because... The Democrats, in, in, like they do in most major cities across this country, enable that behavior. Because instead of asking people to take personal responsibility, they want dependency. They want control. They Absolutely. want that destruction. It justifies their power. So they'll tell people, you know what? It's not your fault. Let's, let's push programs like free drugs and clean needles. Literally in San let's, Francisco. Literally. Let's blame the police. Right? You rob a store and then get roughed up when you're being arrested. It's police brutality. Here's an idea. Don't rob the store in the first place. Or if you do, when you get arrested, don't, don't hit the cop because you're going to get hit back. Uh, our society is just plummeting downward in this uncontrolled spiral that is more and more we see encouraged openly by Democrats. Why? Because they think you're stupid. That's yeah. why. Democrats don't believe the people should be in control of anything. Or they know you're not paying attention. I mean, look no further than the school issue, right? Simple very easy to comprehend policy that says your kid's going through some life-altering change or decision like the mental illness issue that is transgenderism. And the simple, simple policy is like parents should know. That's it. Parents should know. And they are losing their minds. How dare you? It's a civil rights violation. This violates anti-discrimination laws. I mean, they're like shrieking eels. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, how people vote for these destructive leftist policies, these progressive Marxists in the Democratic Party, I don't understand. I just don't. There's a, of course, as believers, we know there's a spiritually dark side of that. There's a blindness, right? No, oh, that's that's exactly it. They're blind. They they yep. they are trapped in the loop of wanting to love everybody and be nice to everybody and just let everybody do what they want. Well, in reality, you're killing our children and destroying our nation. And that's why. That's why. You should be very cautious. I get the world being blind, right? But when you see churches adopting the spirit of this world and going along with the whole, uh, all the culture war issues like BLM and the trans stuff and love is love. Shutting when, down churches. When you see churches going the way of the world, that should be a big red flag because that church has lost all discernment. There's two extremes to that that we've observed in this country. One, it's the Christians that are fatalist. And they say, oh, well, God's in control. We don't have any free will. So you could just do whatever you want. Just find yourself a good church. That's asinine. It's terrible, terrible advice. And it's the exact opposite of what the Bible says as he scolded the wicked servant for taking his talent and burying it in the ground when the master left. And he came back and he said, what did you do with what I gave you? That's, that's the church that says, don't worry about it because, you know, let's just, let's just go about our life anyway, which way we want, because ultimately God's in control. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible's very clear. Believers are to be act active in their faith. You're to live out your faith. You're, you're, you're to grow. You're to live in obedience. That's what defines a believer. It's not just that you have faith or that you believe alone, right? We get it. It's not of works lest any man should boast. But there's another part of that biblically, which is that you are to work out your faith. You are to act in obedience to God and what he tells you to do. And we know very clearly that one of the simplest to understand wills of God is for you to share the truth with others. 
to live your life in a way that reflects the truth of God's love in your life towards others. And it's not very loving to just find a good church and disappear and not care about what's going on in the world around you, to not be involved in civics or to speak truth or to speak up for those who can't defend themselves like children. That's one extreme of the put your head in the sand because it doesn't matter what I do. That's along the lines of, you know, the warning we see in the New Testament that says we, we do not sin that grace may abound. In other words, yeah, just because, you know, God forgives you doesn't mean you should go out purposefully and do wrong. Right. I would say the same about apathy. Just because God's ultimately in control doesn't mean that you are to neglect your, your responsibility in wherever he has allowed you to be born or live, like in society. It's ridiculous. Now, the other extreme, which is just as bad, if not worse, is the church which openly acquiesces and engages with the culture, thinking that, well, we have to adapt and change our doctrine to meet today's society. And really what you do is you just become part of this dark culture where you're approving things without any discernment or ability to discern right for wrong. And I believe much of that is driven by fear. Pastors and congregants are afraid of not being liked, right? Apparently, they don't read their Bible much because yeah. if you really stand for truth, not everybody is going to like you. Yeah, Jesus was not a very liked person at the time. Well, I think that's about all we have for today. I'd like to remind you we have um, a book. It's already now with the publishers, self-titled Defining Truth. Um, my, my hope and goal with this book is to equip people with um, the knowledge to go out and wage this culture war and fight back armed with truth and in love. Um. It's pretty interesting. We're going to make some waves. It's the book coming out, Defining Truth. You can sign up on our website to stay informed. Uh, sign up with your email and subscribe to our platforms, and, and we'll get you informed when that book is coming out. We're very excited about it. We have a lot going on with Defining Truth as an organization and looking forward to what God is going to do in this country with those willing to be used. And that is should be ultimately your request or your desire is maybe you don't know how to get involved or how to make a difference. I would say don't be in despair over this, all this darkness, because sometimes it seems overwhelming what is happening in our country and stuff. But remember, the victory is already won. If you're a believer, we already know the end. We know who wins. And what I would be asking instead of despairing or complaining is, what can I do to get involved? It just starts with willingness. Just say, here I am, Lord, send me. That's a good place to start and a good place for America to find herself once again, as she has in the past. In fact, it was our appeal to heaven that got us through some of our worst times. So guys, thanks for listening. Brandon, thanks for uh, being here like always. We'll see you guys on the next episode of Defining Truth. Till next time. <laughs>